Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for MP on the mic. Let's go. Let's go, baby. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Driving around on a Wednesday morning. A little something special for you today. Michael Phillips, MP on the mic. Commander Super Show. We've been talking a lot of college basketball recently. So I wanted to do... uh, Wanted to do a commander show because a lot's going on. Uh, you heard the junkies uh, chat with Dan Quinn before we came on here. Uh, if you were up early enough, if you weren't early up early enough, grab the Odyssey app, hit rewind, check in with DQ, the coach of the Washington Commanders. Lots going on. We'll slide through it. VCU hoops tonight, 6.30 tip. That's not 6.30 pregame. The ball goes in the air at 6.30. Be, be there, be early, be ready. Rams versus Rams, VCU versus Rhode Island. All right, let's take these in uh, in chronological order, more or less, because um, news came out this morning. Mark Maskey, Nikki Javal over the Washington Post uh, that FedEx is taking its name off of FedEx Field. They are uh, exercising the contractual right to to bail on that agreement early. That was a 30-year agreement. Would have taken them up to 26, the end of the 26th season. They're bailing on it a year early. Uh, first thought, this makes a ton of sense for FedEx because that stadium has existed for 26 years now, and we've all only ever called it FedEx Field, basically, aside from the, the Ral John era. Uh, Ral John, uh, Ralph and John were, were John Kent Cook's sons, so he named the city Ral John when he made the stadium. It didn't stick. Uh, and beyond the early, early days, it's been FedEx Field as long as anybody's known it. It will be very hard for anybody else to get any value out of that name. And FedEx will still get residual, you know, we're still going to say, going to FedEx Field this weekend, right? Nobody's going to say, I'm going to loanshark.cryptocom stadium this weekend or whatever it is whoever's willing to give them four bucks to put their name on the stadium 1067 to fan stadium at crypto loan shark way it's it's not it's not a situation where there's any value to be had naming it because it's already been named right nationals park the reason nationals park hasn't been named is because everybody calls it nationals park when you name it something new it's not gonna matter uh, FedEx already has their value. It makes business sense for them 
to bail. Now, part two of that, uh, you know, look, Jason Wright's not going anywhere, right? Jason Wright's running the business office for the commanders. Um, that's the sort of thing that's going to make his life harder because you need revenue to do the things you want to do. And they won't fully maximize that revenue until the new stadium. But that's an issue. If you've got, you know, you've got a sponsor bailing because it's advantageous to them, you want to keep them in the fold. You want to keep that momentum building and keep them in the fold, and they've not been able to do that. Now, I'm not going to do the full, like, super hot take situation here of, like, man, you know, just same same old Redskins, because uh, I don't think that's what this is. I think, I think this is a company that, one, has ties to a previous ownership that had beef with Dan Snyder, right? And two, has disrupted things in Ashburn before and in Landover before. Remember... FedEx initiated the we're done with the name thing. We're going to take our name off the stadium if they don't change their name. They were first in on that. And and there were a lot of reasons for that that had absolutely nothing to do with whether or not anybody was offended by the name. Revisit that time. That wasn't about political correctness. That wasn't about respect for Native Americans. You can debate those things, and I'm fine if you want to debate those things. The reason the name of the team was changed was because Dan Snyder allegedly stiffed his co-owners, the minority shareholders, their payments, and was withholding money from them. And one of those minority shareholders was Fred Smith, who owns Federal Express, FedEx, used his company to get back at Dan Snyder. That's why the name changed. And this is the logical continuation of that. Uh, This is obviously a smart business move for them because there's no value in having your name on that stadium for the next few years i can argue they didn't didn't get their value out of having their name on the stadium period but this is further proof right that this isn't an overnight project for josh harris for jason wright we'll hear from josh harris on the stadium here in a bit later in the show he did an interview with uh, chick hernandez after the super bowl uh that i think went under the radar i want to dust that back off and play that for you for a minute talk about the stadium uh, he he had an had an interesting comment uh, on the stadium. We'll we'll circle back on that. But this is cleanup now. This is cleanup of a lot of bridges that have been burned for a long time. Uh, Bud Light left, then came back. Uh, you see a lot of sponsors that that left and now are dipping their toe back in, but they're not coming back in at the same level, the same enthusiasm that they were. They have to earn that, and a lot of that's not coming until the new stadium, until the new name, until the new identity is fully complete. The the stench of Dan is going to take more than a few months at a party to get off. It's going to exist for a while. And you talk about Adam Peters, his job now, as we transition and talk about free agency, Adam Peters' job is to get people to want to play here. And that won't happen overnight because of the reputation, because of how things have been here for so long. That's what this indicates. The FedEx field name, you know, it makes business sense for FedEx, but it shows you these guys in terms of maximizing their revenue, it is a battle for the next few years, and it is an uphill battle until they can establish themselves as what they're going to be on the other side. There's optimism they'll be that, but a lot of people are going to sit on the sidelines until they become that, and I, I think ticket sales will be the same. I think, I think a lot of people are going to be single-game buyers for the next few years. I'll go. I'll go once. It's fun to it's fun to be back. It's fun to have the team again, but I still got objections. I still want to see a winning product. I'm I'm uncertain about the coach. I'm uncertain about the name. 
uh, you know, you, you've gone from bad to neutral. And don't sleep on that. That's amazing. That's a great thing. You've gone from bad to neutral. But now you got to go from neutral to good. Neutral to we're winning fans now. We're not just, we stopped bleeding fans, but we got we got to bring a new generation of fans in. Uh, so that's how we, th- there you go. There's the start Commander Super Show. Uh, quarterbacks are the topic, though. Uh, wild story about Caleb Williams this morning in The Athletic. All right, you're going to want to pull this up if you haven't read this. People are going to be talking about this. Uh, this is from The Athletic, Kalen Kerr. Uh, uh, I, I apologize for butchering the name. Uh, we'll figure that out. Kalen uh, talked to some people close to Caleb Williams, and the story primarily centers around his dad, Carl Williams, who, according to her reporting, has asked about getting a stake in NFL teams, has threatened to keep him in school, has you know refused to sign an NFL PA agent because he doesn't believe that they're looking out for rookies in the draft system and in the contract system. And you're going to have these red flags and you're going to have this discussion before a draft always. Um, and part of it is, I don't want to go straight down to like, boy, this sounds a lot like Dwayne Haskins. Because it kind of does. It kind of does sound like a lot, a lot like Dwayne Haskins. All right, just put that out there. It's not wrong to say that. Uh, setting that aside, these conversations are always going to happen around the top picks. People are going to poke around. People are going to try to tear him down, especially when he's talking about subverting a system that makes a lot of money for a lot of people, the agent system, the the representation system. He's opting out of that. Those agents now have all the more reason to spread their stories about the conversation they, they've had with Carl Williams, Caleb's dad. So I think you'll hear a lot more on that stretch. I... I'm not sold that this is a red flag that the dad has been demanding and is looking out for his son and is is the business manager for his son. Just as with Dwayne Haskins, that wasn't a disqualifier for me. I do think, and look, I'm going to go double controversial here because we've got the Dwayne comparison here. Here's part two. I do think there's some truth to the reality that he may be best served by not playing in Washington, D.C. That he may be best served by being in a place where he doesn't have that family apparatus, have those demands, have those in demands on his time, right? Um, hands out, things of that nature. Uh, he's He thrived at USC, thrived in Los Angeles. I'm not saying he can't succeed with the commanders. I'm just saying this isn't a cut-and-dried situation. He's a great quarterback. Put him on the team. Great things will happen. I don't think it's that easy. Uh, and we have to have these discussions because I – I do think they're discussing what it would take and what it would look like to trade up to number one. I think they're having all the discussions. Pick at one, trade back, do whatever it is. Uh, there, there's tons of options on the board. There's three great quarterbacks, but then there's other quarterbacks down the line. If you like one of them, can you get more picks? Can you get offensive linemen, edge rushers, tight ends? All those things you need, right? I keep coming back to tight end. Eugene Shen, he's the analytics guy. Big tight end guy. I think if you look at the best teams in the NFL, they maximize that position. They have stars and well-paid stars on that at uh, that position because there's value there, right? It's a tough position to find, but it's also a cheap position to pay. Travis Kelsey's making $12 million next year, which is crazy. He's worth far more than that. George Kittle, underpaid. Uh, you know, l- go up and down the league, look at your tight ends. They're probably underpaid relative to production. Uh, the uh, the athletic story about Carl Williams, though, this is Caleb's dad, 
Um, some agents were wary of him, thinking most of his ideas were unrealistic and some foolish. Um, now, does that include him pulling a John Elway? Him pulling an, e- an Eli Manning? Uh, orchestrating a trade? If he wants to be in D.C., that could lower the price. That could also raise the complications. If the Bears know that's the team they need to trade with, that lowers the price. And Chicago's probably not going to be mad about going down to two if they end up loving somebody else. But that increases the cost for Washington in terms of potential headaches and what you've got to deal with. And and we've we've run down that road. And, and just to be fully clear here, because I, I, I know how this is going to go over. Just to be fully clear here, it's okay to have a quarterback who's a diva. There, there are lots of quarterbacks who are a diva who get accommodated and handled and things turn out just fine. I, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely a head case. Everybody sees that. He was in an organization in Green Bay that was built to handle that. Uh, you look at quarterbacks who Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, head case and a liability. The Steelers had the organization to handle that. I think Adam Peters is going to build a great organization. Are they ready from day one to handle something like that? Are they ready right now to handle something like that? I don't know that they are. And that's part of the due diligence. That's part of what's going on at the scouting combine. That's part of what's going on as, as they kick the tires on these players and do the research and decide what they want to do. Uh, the other big decision, right, is is to potentially trade back. And I just think it's got to be so worthwhile. It's got to be a haul. Because you're... When you get to good, when you get to having a good team, you're going to need a quarterback to make that go. You're going to need an engine in that car to make it drive. If you don't take a quarterback now, it gets much harder from here to find your guy. It's not impossible. We've seen late-round guys succeed, but it, it's it's more rare than it is common. And so if you move out of that top spot where you're taking your chance on a top guy, you better do it for a lot of picks, right? You're talking about the Bears double jump? The Bears double jump, if they move to 2 and then move to 8 or move to 2 and then move to 10 or 17 or whatever it is, that could set you up with, right, four first-round picks next year. Now we're having a discussion. Now we're talking about something that might be worthwhile for them. Four first-round picks over the next couple of years. The Commanders would need to make it really worth their while to trade down because otherwise... You're going to be using all those picks. You got to trade back up and get a quarterback when it's time. Uh, Off and running Commander Super Show today. Don't let that distract you from the fact VCU uh, basketball does tip off at 6.30 tonight. Early tip. Rams against the Rams at the Stew. Full coverage on 910 The Fan. Awan goes back to college at noon. He's at the Seagull not, not Center. He's at the Student Commons. If you're at the Student Commons at VCU, drop by. Check in with Awad. Life's good out there. Life's good in here. We'll take your calls, 833-804-0910, if you want to weigh in on who the commanders should take. Uh, we'll continue our Commander Super Show on the other side of this break. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. 11 o'clock in the beautiful city of Richmond, Virginia. Michael Phillips here, MP, on the mic. Welcome aboard Commander Super Show today. 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, worldwide on the free Odyssey app. Uh, don't let that distract you from the fact that the VCU plays basketball tonight at the Seagull Center. 6.30 tip, AWOD pregame. And Robbie and Rodney, of course, have the call as the Rams take on the Rams. It's VCU against Rhode Island. Chance to build on the offensive momentum from Saturday, or at least the uh, Sunday, rather, the second half of that uh, 
game. A little bit of offensive momentum going on there. Shot 20% in the first half, 70 in the second half. Uh, the second, good enough to win. Defense, good enough to lock it down. So that's where the VCU stands. Also got our eye on UVA tonight at Boston College. A 9 o'clock tip there. Pretty important game for them as they seek to lock up their tournament bid. But like I said, Commander's Super Show today. I haven't talked to Commanders in a while. Uh, we'll leave ECU to AWOD. He is live on campus today getting you ready for the game as part of AWOD goes back to school. He'll take over at noon. Because I feel like we got a lot of ground to cover here on the Commanders. Um, I want to start with quarterback because that's the place to start. It's also, it's been annoying me all week. Um, and I think I've been I've been poking the hive uh, or, or poking the bear or whatever the saying is. Uh, I've been doing I've been doing some poking because a lot of people on social media uh, have been coming at me say Sam Howell should get another year with the team. You should trade the pick back. Uh, you should pick a different quarter or you should pick wide receiver, offensive line, load up the rest of the team, give Sam Howell a true evaluation. Right? You can't truly evaluate Sam Howell until you see what he can do with with the full complement of weapons. And I just could not be less interested in hearing from these people. Sam Howell has had plenty good of a chance to be quarterback of the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell has a 17-game, 18-game sample size at this point, basically. Uh, not counting, I, I guess, the Jacoby Reset game. Sam Howell has an incredible sample size at this point. We know exactly what he is. He can hang around. He can absolutely be a backup in this league. He's a good backup to have. Uh, right, that's the other uh, the other tweet that's been making the rounds this week is is teams are interested in trading a third round pick for Sam Howell. Uh, I wouldn't do that deal either. So, so don't think I'm I'm anti Sam Howell out of the gate here. I just think we have seen enough in his two years in Washington to know Sam Howell is not the answer at quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Look, you could you could do this the way the Niners do this. You could build a great team. You could throw him in Brock Purdy style. He could absolutely look good. His numbers would be much better. Uh, there's a better way to do it, though, and that way is to find a good quarterback. Now, it's not a given you find a good quarterback, but it's certainly something you're capable of with the number two overall pick in the draft. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into the speculation. Uh, I was I was kind of jarred this week to see the Peter King story, and he was very clear. He wasn't, you know, reporting what was going to happen, but he suggested the Bears might trade down twice in the first round. That caught my eye, right? Uh, twice in the first round tells me one skip to a position that's still quarterback on the board, the second skip out. So the only two teams you could do that with would be the Commanders at number two and the Patriots at number three. Uh, I would be very surprised uh, if, if that happened, if the Bears truly double skipped out of it with the opportunity to take Caleb Williams, but it, it wouldn't be out of line for them. Uh, we heard from the Bears this week, their general manager saying yesterday at the Combine, uh, whatever it is, they want to resolve it quickly because that's fair to Justin Fields if they're going to move him out of there. Uh, I am not sold that they have to move Justin Fields out of there, by the way. I think there's plenty of precedent in having two good quarterbacks on a roster. It it always blows my mind, this notion that this is essentially the one position on a football team where, well, you can't, you can't have two good players there, you know, the, the, the egos, and it, it won't. These are professional athletes. I don't see anything wrong with saying, we got two good players here, we're going to let them work it out, and the better one's going to play, and the other one's going to sit, 
And there's going to be opportunities for both of you because, by the way, a majority of NFL teams, more than 16 NFL teams, played a backup quarterback last year in a spot where, and like not a Week 18 spot, but in a spot where they the, the starter was injured uh, and and or they the starter wasn't good and they needed to go to another quarterback for a week. That happened on the majority of NFL teams this year. There's nothing wrong with keep, keeping two good quarterbacks, and that's why... That's why I want to keep Sam Howell. You need a good backup. More than ever in this league, I like Taylor Heineke for that reason. I hate Taylor Heineke playing 13, 14 games a year. That's not going to work for anybody. Love Taylor Heineke as a backup. Love Sam Howell as a backup. Love Jacoby Reset as a backup. These are guys you need to keep your team running. You need one of these guys, and Justin Fields could be that guy. Um, does he Is he happy about that? No, I'm sure he wouldn't be happy about that. If I were the Bears, I'd keep him around. And I think that only increases your trade leverage, too. If, if you commit to keeping Justin Fields for the year, you know, your options of what you can do with the number one pick and, and when deals happen on that. Now, if the commanders move up to number one, I mean, that would just be an, an absolutely wild term events. I would not do it without, I would not give up any future first round picks. I'm a hard no on that. I would stay put. I would turn in the card. I would take Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm a Jaden Daniels guy. I'm on a record of that. It's a high ceiling. I love a high ceiling. I got I got no problems with Drake May either, though. Um, one of the one of the other Sam Howell things is, and this is unfair to Drake May. Why would you draft Drake May? He's just he's just Sam Howell, but newer. Um, no, Drake May is better than Sam Howell. Uh, just because they're both white guys from North Carolina does not mean they're the same. Uh, that indicates uh, a lack of research there on your end. Drake May is a better quarterback than Sam Howell. Uh, you watch the throws he makes, you watch his play, you watch the way he processes, you watch the way he moves through his progressions. There are flaws in Drake May's game. We'll get into those more. It's combine week. Obviously, everybody's going to be dissecting everybody. We'll get into that more as it goes on. There are flaws in Drake May's game. He plays lazy sometimes. Uh, he makes a throw that he thinks is an easy throw and is going to get him intercepted in the NFL. But he processes quickly. Uh, he He would not take that many sacks in a season. He's not going to be challenging any sack records. I like Drake May a lot. Um, the other thing is you couldn't have Drake May and Sam Howell on the same team together. And look, I know sometimes you can't take the things athletes say at face value, but um, I actually asked Sam Howell about this back in December. So this is December 13th. Uh, this is right after Drake May declared for the draft. I asked him about Drake May, and uh, let, let's let's go to the archives. Let's play that answer. You know, have you guys interacted along the way, and have you given him any advice, or what advice would you give him as he starts that journey? Yeah, I talk to talk to Drake pretty much every day. He's one of my really good friends, um, and yeah, just super excited for him. Um, you know, what a great career, and just it's been so much fun to watch him and just knowing who he is, the type of person he is, and how hard he's worked to get to where he is. Um, it's so much fun to watch, and obviously, you know, super excited for him to be in the NFL, and he, he definitely deserves it. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, he, he has a good head on his shoulders. A lot of good, really good people around him that will help lead him in the in the right direction. You know, I try to be there for him every anytime he needs something. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's getting ready to get busy for him with the training and everything. So um, I'm excited for him. Um, he'll he'll handle it well and he'll he'll come to the NFL and light it up for sure. And Sam Howell back in December asked about Drake May, his former college teammate, current friend from North Carolina, who's in the draft. Uh, I, I think that. You know, look, obviously people say things, but I do think there's a genuine friendship there. And look, if I were Sam Howe, I wouldn't mind taking some time watching him because uh, this offensive line is not going to improve overnight, uh, assuming they don't use the number two pick on Joe Alt or, or another offensive lineman. 
I don't think this offensive line is going to be ready to win Super Bowls overnight. You know, we'll we'll see, of course, what Cliff Kingsbury brings to the table, what the new offensive staff brings to the table. Offensive line improvement is always possible year to year off of coaching, but it, you know, one of my one of my stances has been. If I draft a quarterback, I'm not playing him week one. I'm I'm letting Al run out there for a little while. I'm letting him play for a little while, uh, which leads to my very favorite argument is, well, what if Sam Howell does does well? Then you've got a problem. Is No, then you don't have a problem. Then you have a solution. You have two good quarterbacks. If Sam Howell really plays well enough that you would want to keep him as your quarterback over Drake May, you could still trade Drake May. Not that you would. Not that that's going to happen. It's not a problem, though, in the traditional sense of the word. Uh, Drake May was on Adam Schefter's podcast this week, took on the exact same topic. Let's play that clip now. Now, what kind of relationship do you have with another former North Carolina quarterback, Sam Howell, who also plays in Washington right now? No doubt. One of my best friends, um, Sam, has um, had, a, you know, had a big impact on you know, me learning, going in there my freshman year in North Carolina, true freshman year, and um, his being his last year and such, you know, had good, such great success and just seeing how he prepared you know, how, how seriously you took and um, wasn't necessarily a culture shock, but just a kind of shift from, you know, playing all, all sports growing up throughout high school, uh, just focusing on one sport and how he handled that and how he took care of his body and worked hard in the weight room. Um, it was awesome to see him and sit, him, sit, sit behind him that one year. And it's like uh, kind of paid off, paid off, you know, big, big, uh, big jumps for me. Um, that's not the word, the right word for her, but you know, pay off big dividends. Yeah. For me, there in my go. Next two years. There you yeah, go. There you go. Exactly. There's that uh, North Carolina education there, right, yeah, right there, yeah. Drake. Big dividends for the next, my next two years at Carolina. So I'll still keep in touch and him and, um, shoot, see him, you know, almost, you know, he was just in Chapel Hill the other weekend for the Duke game. We were up there together and playing golf. So, uh, I'm a big fan of Sam and we keep in touch, you know, almost daily. Well, how much conversation have you had about the prospect that you could wind up in Washington with him? Yeah, I think it's part of it. I think, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it's not ideal, but at the same time, it's part of a business. You know, we've done it, you know, in college together. And, uh, shoot, I think the best thing about it, we'll help each other. And, you know, whether the scenario goes, um, she was one of my best friends. No, going to be no hard feelings. It's part of it. And, uh, you know, and, and being in there as, as two NFL quarterbacks, you know, being in the same room is, is not, you know, too, too bad of problems, a lot bigger problems out there in the world than, you know, having to deal with that. Yeah, I was Drake May on Adam Schefter's podcast this week talking about the possibility of being reunited with Sam Howell in Washington, which I, I don't think is a far-fetched possibility. I mean, if you're drawing up your percentages chart here, uh, I think Drake May and Jaden Daniels probably have the highest likelihood of being the Washington Commander's draft pick or first draft pick they make. You'd certainly have a little Caleb Williams on that pie chart, a little trade down on that pie chart. I continue to think they will not take Joe Alt or uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at number two. I just think you got too many. It's too low of a value for that pick, right? Eugene Shen's the analytics guy. You're going to hear his name a lot over over the years here at coming. Value is an important element of the draft pick. Value is a quarterback at number two. Uh, quarterbacks at number two, you don't want to take a position player until later. If you're not taking a quarterback at number two, you want to get back and get multiple picks because you do have lots of holes to fill. Um, I'm not anti-trade back. I actually would be fine with the, with the right trade back. Uh, but I, I certainly understand the thinking. This is your opportunity to grab a franchise quarterback. It's no guarantee you will. But this is your opportunity to grab a franchise quarterback. Why wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't you take advantage of that opportunity uh, and do that? But a lot of that's how the scouting process is going to play out, and a lot of that is uh, what they're doing this week at the combine. 
as they start sorting Adam Peters and his crew uh, on down the line. That's uh, that's a big decision they'll be making for the future of the Washington Commanders. Uh, lots of other big decisions for the future of the Washington Commanders, too. I uh, want to rewind on Super Bowl night. Uh, Josh Harris did an interview with uh, Chick Hernandez, WUSA Television, that aired after the Super Bowl in Washington. Uh, we, I think that one largely slid under the radar. I want to play a couple of clips from that and talk about the, uh, the business side of the house in Washington as well. We'll do that as we roll along Wednesday edition of MP on the Mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Wednesday morning, MP on the mic. Welcome back. Big night for college basketball. You'll hear it right here on the fan. VCU takes on Rhode Island. The Rams versus the Rams. That's tonight at 6.30. So your pregame starts extra early tonight. 5.45 pregame. Cuts into the end of Grant and Danny. That's all right. They'll forgive us. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth it because we got VCU basketball. Only a few left of these. Cherish every last one of them. Awad pregame. Robbie and Rodney on the call. Also, you are in action tonight. And UVA up at Boston College in a sneaky big game for them up at Chestnut Hill. 9 o'clock start. 9 p.m. start. Uh, no juice. Uh, Juice-free Wednesday in Chestnut Hill. That's a stadium that is... Uh, Lacking an lacking an ambiance uh, on the better of days, and Wednesday at 9 p.m. against a team that is known for uh, lulling viewers to sleep is not going to be one of those days. But it's going to be important for UVA to show up, for the offense to show out, and uh, get get things straightened out ahead of a big Saturday game at Duke. Uh, UVA's got two they can win here in their final three. They're at Boston College tonight. They host Georgia Tech for their senior day next weekend. Uh, if they can take care of business in those two, I think they're in a good spot to make the NCAA tournament. And as A.Y. and I discussed yesterday, uh, this this is as big a potential swing as we've seen in a while, right? The the headline of will Virginia be without an NCAA team is not unfounded and certainly not coming into this game tonight uh, where if UVA loses, you're probably looking at a bracketology board where right now Norfolk State would be the only team from Virginia on that board. Now, Norfolk State has to win the MEAC tournament as they uh, as they do every year. Uh, that's a one-bid league, of course, but... I'll be uh, I'll be curious to see what happens coming down the stretch. Uh, should be uh, should be a fascinating, uh, fun couple weeks of basketball. JMU very much still in the mix. Richmond still in the mix. Uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, we'll see. Uh, could could make some noise in DC. Uh, could get stuck on Tuesday in DC. Uh, those uh, you don't win the tournament out of Tuesday. You got it. Got to at least play your way out of the double bye. But they'll get the opportunity with a couple good games late. Uh, we're doing Commander Super Show today, uh, talking all things Washington Commanders. Uh, I want to rewind back to after the Super Bowl. Uh, Commanders owner Josh Harris was on in D.C. with Chick Hernandez, TV anchor up there, WUSA nine. They broadcast to the Super Bowl this year, um, and one of the things they talked about was a new stadium. And I would love to play that clip for you right now. Yeah, so obviously on the football side, right, I mean, the NFL is full on. So we go from here to the combine, to free agency, to the draft. Obviously, we have the number two pick. Uh, We are going to add some people here and there to what's going on uh, in terms of uh, people that can help us. Um, And, um, you know, so so that's a full on situation. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll... Coming soon, uh, we're hoping to be able to talk about a lot of gr- good things we're going to do with the stadium. Uh, we've been working on that. And then, obviously, uh, you, know, you know, we're busy at work studying uh, on a longer-term basis. We're studying, okay, where, where would our new home be? And uh, there's, 
you know, we just continue to look at uh, sites in three jurisdictions. We'll have a lot more to say about that in the coming months. It's very complicated sure. in the sense that, you know, there each site has its own nuances in terms of the politics, um, the site itself. Is it good for football? What does it do to the area? How do you do it? And so we're all that stuff is ongoing. So we're working hard. Sure. And in Philadelphia, um, I think it's a no cost to the taxpayers. Can that work here in this area? Yeah, like we're gonna we're looking at all that. I mean, obviously, um, we're we're trying to um, do shoulder as much of the burden as we can. Um, obviously, the you know arenas and stadiums are way different price tags, but we're looking hard at how we, you know, all of us are fortunate, and uh, you know we want to shoulder as much of the burden as we can. That is an all-time great answer, by the way. Just an all-time. I want to shoulder as much of the burden as humanly possible. I'm just one man, just one man. I, I don't have, I don't have billions of dollars. I mean, I, I kind of do, but I, I you know, I, I want to do as much as I can. Stadiums are more expensive, or arenas, stadiums are more expensive than arenas. Uh, another good line there. Um, here's the reality of it, by the way. And uh, Josh Harris can't say this, but I can say this. There's three localities that all want to host the Washington Commanders right now. They're red hot. They're an NFL team. Uh, there's only 32 of them in the world. Everybody wants one. Virginia, Maryland, D.C. all want one. They're going to get the best deal for them. And it's absolutely going to involve taxpayer money. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, maybe they structure it like this monumental thing, right? The monumental thing's funneling more than a billion dollars back to monumental uh, with no new taxes, right? That's that's the catchphrase there. It's the money generated from the site gets funneled back into paying off the bonds to to build monumental, the caps in the wizard stadium. That's doable, uh, especially at the RFK site. You could see something like that. But uh, in terms of n- not leaning on the taxpayers, that's not going to happen here. Uh, some Somebody's going to be coughing up some money to be the home of the commanders. And, you know, Josh Harris talked about the ongoing process and you know certainly people who have been following this for a long time are nodding along this is not this is not a quick end game here uh there, there's progress in the senate in the house uh towards returning the rfk land to washington dc that's a first step in a long process uh when the when the land comes back to dc dc still gets to decide what they want to do with it and i don't think it's a given that they want to sign it over for a commander stadium. I think the D.C. mayor wants that, Muriel Bowser. I think there are absolutely members of city council that want that. I don't think it will be unanimous, though, and I, I think there will be neighborhood opposition as well from people who want to see that become something else. Um, the other thing is, I mean, people are so used to that being a stadium, right? You remember the RFK days? The new stadium's not going to be just a stadium. Uh, new stadium's going to be... A lot. It's going to be a patriot place, right? It's going to be a development. It's going to be places where they want people to go year-round. Uh, training camp will probably be held there. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on at that site. A lot of retail, offices, hotels, condos, things of that nature, uh, which which is going to produce a long discussion and a long period of, uh, of chatting in D.C., uh, which is healthy and is good, uh, but is certainly standing in the way of, of quick fixes for Josh Harris and his crew because he he did. He spent $6 billion. Uh, a lot of it wasn't his own money. He's got a lot of investors, and the sooner that new stadium gets built, the sooner they can turn the corner towards uh, towards repaying that money and towards maximizing their revenue. Uh, you saw the headlines yesterday. Seven, they're injecting $75 million more into uh, into FedEx Field uh, for, for improvements there. And they're going to have new suites and do all those things. But these are these are band-aids from a group that knows the real answer is is on down the line. 
uh, it, it, with a new stadium, with a new identity, with all those things. I sneak that in. I don't mean to sneak that in. I know the name thing gets everybody riled up. Look, it, you saw the Clippers do it this week. The Clippers are changing their logo and their identity to coincide with a new stadium. Now, they're not changing their name. They're still the Clippers. But the, this is all part of it, right? I don't think they're going to change their name until they're closer to a new arena. Uh, that full, fresh look, that full, fresh rebranding. It's possible they do it quickly. I think it's possible they take a long time, too. Josh Harris doesn't get... Uh, there's not. It's not question time with Uncle Josh a lot. Um, not that he's ducking the media by any stretch, because I don't think he is. But I, I think he could he could give a punt-the-ball-down-the-road answer for three, four years, then come out with a new identity one day and surprise us. And I think that's what they'll do. I think that makes sense to rebrand with the new stadium and, and with the new new breath of fresh air. And by that time, if Adam Peters does his job, you have a product that everybody's proud of on the field. Because uh, I, I do think, right, stadium's number one, name's number two. If you're doing off-the-field priority lists, uh, on-the-field priority lists, Quarterback is number one, number two, and number three. Uh, offensive line behind that. Uh, defensive pass rush, very important as well, getting everything situated there. Uh, but the three main things we're focusing on, the team's focusing on, is stadium, quarterback, uh, and, and then names on that pile as well. I don't I don't devote a lot of segments to it because I think we've kind of beaten that discussion into the ground, but I think it's, uh, it's absolutely something people care about out there and uh, – I think it's coming. Uh, I I think that they would have stopped the conversation by now if if they had ruled out a name change down the line. All right, that was Josh Harris, uh, Commander's Super Show. Uh, we'll circle back on that in a bit. But next, it's a Wednesday, so we chat with our guy Mike Sveditz, as we do, frontpagebets.com. He'll break down everything for us in the world of sports gambling. That on the other side of this, you're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, we're back on a Wednesday and uh, chatting with our good friend, Mike Sveditz, frontpagebets.com. Always love having him in on a Wednesday. Mike, what's up? What's going on, Michael? Uh, question for you. Court storming. Um, you you covered Auburn. You were probably on the good end of court storming, not the bad end most of the time, right? Actually, Auburn was terrible when I was there. Yeah. So we, the Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Lebo and the Tony Barber years, there was no court storming whatsoever. <laughs> couldn't, but, couldn't even get one. But I, I, no, I mean, I think their biggest win was against, uh, you know, Southern Missouri State, you know, or something <laughs> like that. It, it, you know, I, I feel like everybody's got their, like, hot take of what's going on. Um, they, they just, the Wake Forest security people botched it. Like, we don't, we don't have Absolutely. to, like, reinvent everything. Like, the RMC events people would have never let that happen. No, and and, and I think you know there's a couple of things at play here, right? There's no fines in the ACC for storming the court. Yep. In the SEC, I think you're up to like three million dollars after your second offense, right? So I think I think I think you know there, there there's not rules in place that deter the fans. But again, you were a college kid. I was a college kid. You, you're going to storm the court, right? Like if everybody else is doing it, let's go. I've seen people jump over, try to jump eight feet over hedges and get stuck before, right? So people are going to do dumb things, you know, because the crowd's doing it, right? Remember this, nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. And when your buddy runs on the court, you're going to run on the court. So, so yeah, I, I think there's really, there, 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 things are going to happen, but you could do a better job of preventing injury, get, make sure that people get off the court. You could have security placed down all across the, uh, the baseline there and, and, and make sure that, that, that the teams get off the, off the court safely, right? That's the number one um, factor here. If you can't do that, then yeah, you're going to have to start talking about 
banning court storming or you know, fining, like seriously fine. You know, and again, I mean, honestly, you could even think you could take this if you really want to go deep on it. You could find the kid who ran in to Filipowski and, 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 you know, press charges for assault or, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's, there's some crazy things that could happen here. If, if, if you really wanted to, to make a point out of this, I think college basketball is one of the better, best sports when it comes to, you know, fan engagement, you're right there on the floor. They got the pet bands. You got everybody yelling and screaming. It's part of the game. You've been to Cameron indoor, you know how you sitting on press roll, right? You're getting things hit in the back of the head and, you know, they're all over you there. It's just part of the atmosphere. But when you start talking about, you know, it being unsafe and especially if it happened to any other, it's, here's what, here's why we're still talking about it. To be honest, it happened to Caitlin Clark. And then right after that, it happened to a Duke player. It had to happen happen to to, if, if it happened to any other school, you know, or, you know, if it was North Carolina, Duke, you know, UConn, maybe, but any other school in any other conference, we wouldn't be talking about it. And in the fact that Duke lost, right? So, so it's, it's getting exacerbated. But I, I really, you know, you got to take care of the kids. You got to make sure that they're safe. You don't want, you don't want basketball players running up in the stands with the students. You should, you should find a way to keep the students from, you know, being interactive with the players, you know, putting them in harm's way. Had to be Duke. It had to be Duke, of course, uh, because that's that's the only way these things end up uh, end up be, be in the national news. I, yeah, you know, college kids are going to be college kids. It, it just feels like there's there's a middle ground here. Um, but I, yeah, it, anytime it's Duke, I, I remember. I, I mean, I think you were here. There was the one UVA Duke where UVA stormed the court and Kay was mad about it just, just because he was mad right. about it. Like you know, and, and yeah, because he lost. Yeah, yeah I, shoot, I get that. <laughs> um, right. I, I tell you what, Mike. I, I dropped by frontpagebets.com and um, I got excited. You got some early Masters odds up, and uh, that do. that got me excited. It's uh, it, you know, weather's turning a little warmer. Um, you, you got some Masters odds up. I I feel like I I will admit I've been watching a little bit of live golf recently. It's uh, yeah. you know, that's where the stars are now. But you, you can't replace the Masters, and uh, it's good to good good to see some early Masters odds up. Absolutely. Well, speaking of live real quick, we're actually going to we're going to break down that tournament this week, too, on front page bets, because now you can bet on it in Virginia and a lot of other states as well that offer or that legalized. Ooh, sports let's betting. go. So we'll start come back to front page bets later on the week and check that live action out. But, yeah, the Masters, I mean, obviously, it's it's the first major of the year. It's my favorite tournament of the year. Uh, Augusta National is, you know, I mean, it, it, it had it, if heaven has a golf course, which I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it will, <laughs> we're going to play, you know, everybody's playing Augusta, Right. And um, so I think it's just, a, it's a great tournament. I, Sky Scheffler is the, is the odds on favorite with McElroy and Rom last year's champion, right, right back there. So, you know, it's, it's the top 50 players in the world will come out there and, and, and just, uh, you know, give it a go on, on, on the best golf course on the planet, in my opinion. And, and I think it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, it's a sign of spring. It's always a second weekend in April, right after Easter. Um, can't, can't, can't wait to that happens. Can't wait to, to watch them tee off there, um, on the hollow grounds, but also, you know, you know, golf is, is in this crossroads now. Cause you have live, you have, you have the PGA tour, um, you know, you got them taking shots back and forth at each other. Plus, plus you have you know, so much going on in, in the world of golf and the fact that you may be able to put a couple of wagers on it just makes it that much more interesting. No, no doubt. And uh, I, I I mean, I would imagine be a good, uh, good, good business for front page bets that week, uh, Masters week as well. You also yeah, following uh, up right after the following right up the final four. Right. So, yeah. So we get it back to back weekend. 
Although that that's um you know CBS stands in the way of tournament expansion for that reason. They, they, the NCAA tournament, they told them if, if you expand, we'd make you start a week earlier. They're not they're not moving the Masters. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> nope, that's a, that's a tentpole event. Although I could do, I could do a Masters Final Four combo weekend because they they don't conflict on time. Wrap up uh, wrap up Saturday's round and uh, head head over to the courts for the the first semifinal. It'd be a big day of sports. So we're feeling like this would be like the waste management open last year in Phoenix. So we're talking, this is what we're kind of talking about now. We're going oh, so, to finish up the golf tournament just in time to flip over for, for the kickoff. Yes. So, you know, Liv was in Las Vegas that. over Super Bowl weekend this year. And um, they, right. they invited us out there. I couldn't rally anybody to go out with me. I, I was, I was kind of curious, but uh, nope, nobody, nobody else, yeah. nobody else wanted to go. Oh man, yeah. we got we got to talk to some people. I would have been out there with you. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, you would have. Um, I'll also see NASCAR lines. It, we haven't. It's Wednesday. This is malpractice. It's Wednesday. We still haven't mentioned the NASCAR finish from Sunday. They uh, they got some juice yeah. right now. It was. Uh, I tell you what. It was a finish of cars out there. And, it was, and watching that race in Atlanta, you would have thought it was Talladega or Daytona for all the wrecks that they had and how fast that they were going. in that end was. You know, Daniel Suarez winning that one at the end. And, I mean, the three wide. You've seen two wide before. You've seen two guys racing. Three wide at the end. This is an amazing finish. But, the, you know, obviously the race was was marred by a lot of accidents. You had a lot of the front runners taken out early. I think it was lap two. There was a big wreck. So, you know, it's a one-and-a-half-mile speedway. But it was racing like it was a two-and-a-half-miler at Daytona or Talladega. With So, you know, with these new cars and the handling, you know, guys not wanting to give up track position, Everything like that, you're gonna you're gonna see some stuff. So NASCAR season is you know off to a flying start, uh, a pretty good start. Obviously, then we've got three races in the next month here in the state of of Virginia, right? You got Bristol on St. Patrick's Day. Two weeks later on Easter, you've got uh, Richmond, and then Martinsville after that. So uh, you know NASCAR racing here in Virginia is going to be huge, and you know we'll cover it all at front page bets as well. I knew I knew about the Easter race. I hadn't put together the St. Patrick's Day race. Um, Hope hope the crowd uh hope the crowd's uh, ready for that that that'll be a that'll be well, a night. <laughs> well, we'll be out there. We'll be ready. I'll be out there. Front page bets will be out there. Yes. in Bristol on St. Patty's Day. So you know we'll uh we'll make sure that we 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 have the crowd ready to go. We'll we'll, we'll take the pulse of the crowd, Phillips, and then I'll bring it back on Mike on the mic, and we'll uh we'll talk about it after that and let you know how how it fared. I love it. Just, as long as you make it out okay, that's what matters. No, no, no storm in the track. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm, I, I cheer for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Sveditz joins us on Wednesdays. Frontpagevets.com, of course, is the site. And uh, college basketball, we're coming down the stretch here. Um, I, I'm excited for the tournament. Uh, every, you know, the conference tournaments before that. You look at the ACC in particular. Duke's back. UNC's good. Uh, feels I, I think UVA sneaks in. We'll see what they do tonight in Boston College. Right. But it, it sure feels like we got the heavy hitters hitting at the right time of year. We do. Virginia needs to learn how to score the basketball, at least score Ooh. a little bit more consistently. But, yeah, that was that was some uh, bad. They set the game back a couple years uh, against Tech and then following that up uh, against uh, North Carolina. But I think, yeah, I think you, you're going to have the same as it ever was. Um, the ACC, the Big 12 is playing phenomenally right now. I mean, Kansas um, and, you know, Texas playing well. I think there's a lot of schools. Houston, um, when you look at, at this, the parity, though, across the league as well, across the college basketball, it's going to be another great tournament. And then who's going to be the Cinderella team, right? Who's going to be that 11-12 seed that's going to shock some folks? Uh, who gets in? Who gets left out? Um, it's going to be fun, man. March Madness right around the corner. And, um, you know, like everything we talked about, NASCAR, 
golf, you know, just because football season's over doesn't mean it doesn't mean it slows down and, and, and it actually ramps up a lot. So we're looking forward to that here at Front Page Bet. I always thought that was one of the more interesting jobs in, in the gambling world because you know, they set all those lines right after the brackets announced, but that's not even one you can prep for, right? Like there's no like in football right. before the game, they, you know, they'll, they'll give you like, hey, if it's Chiefs 49ers, it's this. If it's Ravens 49ers, it's this. You, they they got to drop yeah. thirty two lines on short notice. Absolutely, and and you know it'll change. You'll see it change. You know they'll all come out. You know they'll give the higher seed probably. You know a one and a half, two and a half, five. You know depending on the seeding. But yeah, you're going to see those lines move a little bit. And I think the over under too is where you're going to see a lot of a lot of the, the money line um, and the over under could change a lot. And you can make some values there. But you know it's it's March Madness, right? If if we could if we could predict it. You know, you'd have that perfect bracket. So uh, I think it's gonna. I, I, it's, it's a great. It's a great. You know, three weeks of basketball every year, and uh, can't wait to watch it. I love it, Mike Svenitz. Uh, what, what else you got cooking out there at uh, FrontPageBets.com? Man, we, we talked about it all, buddy. We're we're, yeah. we're just here cooking. Oh, and then you got baseball season right around. Ooh, there we go. Too. So we've got the NAL and uh, NL and AL pennant uh, races. Who the favorites are there coming out this week? And like I said, live golf. I'm excited about the live golf action. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out because uh, I think Tyler uh, Taylor Gooch is uh, starting to talk trash about Rory McIlroy already, so this is going to make make it even better. I love it. All right, appreciate the time as always, Mike Sveditz, FrontPageBets.com. We're back with more right after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 